Hello and welcome into the Mavs Draft Podcast. My name is Jared alongside Mr. Mavs Draft, Richard Stamen. How are we doing today, Richard? Doing pretty good. The Mavs play in, uh, in an hour, so can't complain. There you go. Uh, it's a winter wonderland here in Texas. Uh, or at least it's it's supposed to be this weekend. We're supposed to get like quite a bit of snow, actually. So I guess we'll we'll see what happens there. Yeah, no, I uh, I thought last year, so I went to the All-Star game last year, and, and my birthday is always on All-Star weekend, and I thought, you know, this will probably be the coldest birthday I'll ever have. It was eight degrees, and like it was it was brutal. It was snowing. I never thought I would see something worse, and then our low on Monday is two degrees. So little did I know, it would just take one year for that to be topped. So I, and as someone who was born in Florida, it's not in my blood to see two degrees. Like, I was not made to see that. I, I used to be okay with with cold weather when I when I lived in Massachusetts for four years, and since I've come back to Texas, I, I can't I can't do it anymore. <laughs> I don't know what happened, dude. That sounds like my dad, who he was born in Ohio, lived there for like twenty years, and then now he makes he's he's always like when I was a kid, he would be like jacket on. If it's below seventy, you have to have a jacket. And I'm like, what? like <laughs> I was a kid. But he still abides by that rule for himself. So I I don't know. Something happens when you go south. Something. So uh, it's been a couple weeks since we talked. Um, And in that time, the uh, G League bubble has started. And so we finally got an actual game action of uh, the G League Ignite squad. And so I figured we could talk a little bit about that. Um, I know we both saw the first game against the Santa Cruz Warriors. And then they also played today against, was it Oklahoma City's team? Yep. The Blue, the blue. or something? The Blue. Yep. Um, so I didn't get to watch that yet. I had work today. Um, and, uh, you know, I'll, I have that recorded for later. Um, so maybe you could drop a little more knowledge on that. I know you said you saw at least bits and pieces of it, but but let's start with that that opening debut. Um, and, and I want to start with Jonathan Kuminga because to me, at least in that first game, Kuminga looks far and away like the best player on that team. Yeah, I mean, without a doubt, he he can do everything. Score on three levels. He's athletic. He can defend. He can create. It was just there's so much to like from his game, and and he honestly kind of followed it up today against the Blue. Um, even an average game, we kind of saw what that looks like. He still had 24 points. Uh, the guy's going to be doing a lot, and I think his stock is only going to go up. I think five or four, wherever you have him. Uh, not you, sorry, but like generically, everybody put you know Suggs, Mobley, Cade was the consensus top three. I think there's a huge argument now, and it's a question now who gets bumped because Kuminga. And I know it's only two games, but the flashes are so obvious that that's not just a flash. That is what he is, that I think it's he's going to rise into that top three. And I, I think if there was anybody to challenge Cade Cunningham for the number one pick, he has the best case to do it. I'm not going to say I would even argue that now. I still think it's Cade's only. But if there was one guy to give him the run for this money, it's Kuminga. Yeah, so so in that game against Santa Cruz, Kuminga had 19 points, two rebounds, four assists, uh, four turnovers. He was only one of seven from three. Uh, but today, in looks like four fewer minutes, he put up 24 points on seven of 15 shooting, seven of 10 from the foul line, two of five from three. Um, 
six boards, four assists, two steals, and four turnovers again. But, um, yeah, like you said, he was even more impressive, arguably, today by, you know, by the box scores. And, and you know, you're kind of confirming that as well. But um, to me, I think what's so impressive about Kuminga is just the the how well-rounded his offensive game is. Um, because you look at him and he's, what, 6'8", Um, you know, pretty good build with at least a seven foot wingspan, um, excellent leaping ability. His second jump is really quick and explosive. Um, the shot looks very workable. Um, I don't know if it's ever going to be an absolute plus for him, but teams are definitely going to have to check him. Um, and I think to me, what what really sets him apart, especially from the other G League or or the other high school kids that went straight to the G League, what kind of sets him apart is the frame, right? And he he looks like like if you didn't know he he was you know in high school back in May, um, you you would never you would never know that he he's not a, you know, 20 some year old in his prime, you you know, kind of player um, just because of the way he looks. Right. And I think that's where um, I think that's where he's having so much success is he's already, he's one of those few cases where the, a high school kid has an NBA ready body. Yeah. No, I mean, the frame is perfect. I mean, it is literally the frame that you ask for for a modern wing. I mean, think about the superstars in the league. They're all, what, 6'7 to 6'9 is the range, the athletic frame, uh, the athleticism and frame, excuse me. Like, that's literally what teams dream of when they look for the superstar mold. And he's got it just based off body type alone. And I think the skill backs it up, too. Um, And that's why I do think he has the best case to knock off Cade or at least give someone, if there's anybody, to give him a run for his money for number one. So, yeah. And and so let's move on to Jalen green, who has kind of been the other, you know, borderline top five guy, uh, was a top three, four recruit. Um, didn't look as good in that Santa Cruz game, 11 points on 10 shots, one of three from distance, five rebounds, two assists. Um, but was better today, uh, followed it up with a 21-point performance on just 8 of 12 shooting, um, 3 of 4 from the line, 1 of 3 from from 3 again, 5 rebounds. Um, so what, what do you think made Jalen Green was, – was he just more comfortable today? Like what, what was the difference? Because he was taking some – extraordinarily questionable shots against Santa Cruz. Yeah, the shot selection was better. Uh, it actually wasn't entirely different. It was just he was doing it more comfortably. Like, he used screens quicker. Uh, that was something I noticed. So he would take the mid same mid-range shots, just he didn't wait three seconds for the defender to get there, go around the screen, all that. He just kind of got to his spot and just shot, no hesitation. Uh, that was something in the first game it felt like he was very hesitant the entire way. I don't know if you felt that way too, where he just didn't look comfortable. Um I didn't see a ton of creation again. Uh, his handle does need a lot of work. I was pretty exposed against Santa Cruz. I mean, he could barely take Nico Mannion off the dribble, which is really concerning considering he's a terrible defender uh, for draft standards. And everything else, though, like today was just his jump shot 
they played to his strengths. And I think the more that they do that, the better he's going to look. He looked like the top five pick we had expected. The athleticism was there. Um, he made a crazy chase down block that was called a foul, which had no business being a foul. Um, his athleticism and shot creating or shot making though are were on display today. Yeah, and I thought the athleticism was on display in that first game too. You could definitely tell athletically he belonged. I did think he he was getting pushed around a little bit. Um, maybe it was just the the first game jitters or something. Um, but I, I wanted to touch on you. You brought up defense for a second. Good Lord. I mean, no defense in that first game. No defense. And that's that's the one area where I wonder, you know, would these guys have been much better served going and playing for a college coach, really learning how to play defense, you know, go going to a place where they've they've been developing people um, you know, for the NBA, a little more competitive. Um, you know, the college coaches are going to push for you to win every game for these guys. It's more about, okay, let's develop you game by game. And, and the effort and intensity just isn't there. And you, and for these guys, they know they're going to continue to play because that's what their coach is there to do. The the coach is there to play them and develop them. So when these guys don't give effort on defense, they're not getting benched for that at this stage. Um, And so that's kind of the one area where I'm saying, okay, would how is this experiment going to work from from the defensive standpoint? Um, but I don't know. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I I do think that it is better for them. Just offensively, I think offenses, especially with the NBA now, like defense has almost become optional at times. There's so many times where you can play as good of defense as you want. It doesn't really matter. Obviously, Jalen Green is. The way I look at it is Jalen Green is not a good defender right now, not even close to it. He was so out of place in that Santa Cruz game um, that it was it was driving me wild. And granted, in the G League, they don't play defense. They really don't. It's a defense optional, too. Uh, I mean, it is like the NBA's minor league. It doesn't far, fall far from the tree. But I do think the offense and a lot of these prospects that we see coming from college is they, have the missing, they don't have the missing ingredient yet for offense to put it together. And I do think I'm in the camp that offense is just harder to develop. Um, and that if you can be a good offensive player really negates the defensive, um, shortcomings you have, especially in the NBA. So I, I do think it is better for them. It is, it is going to be interesting to see though, where their two careers compared to guys, like if you look at like Scotty Barnes and Jalen Suggs, right? Like those Jalen Green and Scotty Barnes will probably be drafted near each other and Kuminga and Suggs will be drafted near each other. And I think those are two kind of prime examples of the great college coaching versus the development player focused. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, okay. Let's touch on Dacian Nix next. Um, in today's game, he, he was held scoreless, but he did have five assists uh, against Santa Cruz. I was actually pretty impressed. Uh, 12 points on four, seven shooting to um, one of one from three two of four from the line, um, three assists, three rebounds. Um, but I mean, he's got to lose some weight. I, I I think I texted you and I said something like, "Dacian Nix is thick with like no muscular definition. It kind of looks like he just ate a couple double cheeseburgers, and it, he almost looks like Ron Harper, but like not as broad, like Ron Harper yes. Jr., but not as broad. Um, and 
it's a bummer because I think that if he drops down to I don't know like two ten. I mean, what's he listed at right now? He's listed at two twenty five. I mean, if he drops back down to like two ten, I think that extra added burst would would do wonders for his game because he can already kind of get to where he needs to be just just via his handle. Um, but if you combine some more quickness with that, I think he would have a much easier time scoring. Yeah, no, I agree. And I, th- I do think NBA training will help him. But he's also 6'5", which he has a lot more margin for error with that too. Um, but I do agree, he needs to lose weight. And, and if we're trying to get a uh, sponsorship, it kind of looks like he uh, went to our favorite local burger place, uh, Skyrocket Burger, I think is the one you had said. <laughs> It's not an ad, yeah. but uh, we're open to it. <laughs> Love Skyrocket. But if you're ever in, if you're ever in Dallas, Skyrocket Burger is the best burger I've ever eaten. Same here. Period. Same End here. of discussion. Same here. <laughs> but uh, but what else did you see from Dacian Nick? <laughs> Sorry, I got a little bit sidetracked on the burgers. I'm a sucker for that. I, I liked his playmaking. I mean, that stood out the most. Not really sure what to make of his jump shot uh, and overall just how he scores in the NBA. But the playmaking is legit. And with that size, someone's going to take a chance on, on him probably in the 20s, and it's a good chance if you have the right player development. Yeah, at first I was like, okay, I think Kuminga and Green are the only ones that belong here. I think Dacia Nix is starting to look a little more comfortable. Um, the basketball IQ is clearly, you know, on on point. It's It's a strength for him. Um, I, I, I would like to see him be a little more confident in a shot, um, and just see what he has there. Um, but overall, uh, with that first game, I, I was like, yeah, I'll take that from Dacian Knicks for sure. Um, and you know, maybe he'll, he'll, he'll gain a little more, uh, playing time down the stretch, but, um, but so far so good. Uh, the other name, you know, kind of high school name to know um, would be Isaiah Todd. Uh, didn't really do anything in the first game. Uh, two points, three rebounds. Um, and then against the blue, he he put up 12 shots, had 12 points, uh, seven rebounds. Um, I, I will say I thought the that Todd had the best defensive possession in that first game. Uh, he was able to stick with Jeremy Lin on the perimeter who yeah. has done it at the NBA level. Sure. He's not what he used to be back with the the Knicks and the Rockets, but you know, that's, that's still a, one of the better players in the G league, one of the craftier players in the G league, who's a, who's a guard and he's sticking with him. Um, so that was at least uh, encouraging but I still think Isaiah Todd has a ways to go before he's more than like a back half of the second lottery ticket. Yeah, no, I agree. And I do think though that a 6'10 athletic shot maker, because I really, I do completely buy the jump shot. It's a little bit slow, but he's big enough to kind of negate that um, for now, at least like if he's halfway open, he's going to make a team pay. Um, I do think the upside though, with that shot athleticism and size combo I think someone will take a chance at the end of the first. Um, at the I, end of the first? Yeah, I, I can totally wow. see it. 6'10", I mean, and he'll kill open work, open 
gym workouts too. I, I could totally see it. I would love that. I was a big fan of Isaiah Todd um, back when, you know, everyone was talking about him as far and away the best yeah. player in his class when he was like a sophomore. Um, and it just kind of seemed like everyone caught up to him. And I don't know if there was just like Isaiah Todd fatigue or what, but um, he he's the kind of player where with, with that size and athleticism and shooting, like you said, like the lateral mobility, there's definitely pieces to like. Um, he's just got to start putting it together. And, you know, again, another guy who hopefully is able to, to add some more minutes, um, you know, throughout the season. Um, I think Kai Sato's still technically on the team, but wasn't active. He's, um, so I, th- I don't think he's at the bubble. I think he's in Philip in the Philippines. Oh, okay. So I, either way, I, I didn't quite understand that one from the first <laughs> from the get go. So, um, anything else on the G League guys that you want to touch on before we uh, before we move on? No, but real quick, what did you think of the free throw rule? I'm interested to see what you think with one free throw. I mean, I wouldn't want to see it in the NBA, but it was fine just to kind of keep the game moving. Yeah. I, I, yeah, it was fine. I hope they don't do that full time. I would be very upset. If they do it in the all-star game, totally fine. Like that's where it should be at tops, you know? Yeah. I, I To be honest with you, I was kind of thinking the other day, like how fun would it be if the NBA went, went to a one-and-one? That would be good. That would be uh, a lot better. I would, to- I would be 100% down for that because that makes you work on your free throws. Like DeAndre Jordan yeah. and, and Dwight Howard long ago, Drummond before he became decent. Like all those guys would have had to actually practice it. Yeah. And maybe you you do like like in you know, I'm a middle school coach, right? So as high school, college is the same way, but well, college is halves, but um you know, you get the the seven fouls and then it's the bonus, and then yep. you get 10 is the double bonus be kind of cool like if they just did that for each quarter because teams end up with you know eight to 12 fouls in a quarter like that's not unheard of and it i I think it maybe would prevent like these absolute parades to the free throw line um so i don't know just a just a thought um you know you can crap all over it if you want that's fine no i like that (laughs) um okay so Speaking of stuff to crap all over, um, <laughs> let's talk transition. about yeah, let's talk about um, some some trade options. So tr- the the whole you know who could the Mavs trade for has been gaining a lot of steam lately. Um, you know, first of all, we're not even sure they're going to be buyers. We would hope they are. I don't think they're sellers, but. I guess they're kind of in a hold situation. So I think the, the, the first thing to address is the Mavs don't have the assets to go out and get one of the top names that could be available right now. I don't think, do you disagree? No, I I completely agree. That was actually going to be my first question is who do you think the top, that the best player they could get is, I I, I feel like we're going to say the same player. Like if we did, well, I don't know. Um, the caliber. I do have. Okay, so I have I have three names. How, um, okay. as far as like realistic ish trade targets, uh, how many did you have? There were <laughs> endless three and a half. 
three and a half three that I felt half. like that okay. would actually and and it hurt because two of them are on the magic. So like uh, well, really, okay, four, so I we might have one three, that's so. the same. So we'll yeah, probably yeah. have one that's the same. But but before we get into the names, um, so we're we're ruling out the Bradley Beal. Um, no chance on Zach, Zach Levine. No chance. Even Vucevic to me. I'd agree I don't know if that. that was one of your players on the he Magic. Was, he was the highest one. He was the highest end. Okay. I, think. Yeah, yeah. I don't think. I, I don't, think he's too high. I don't think they're getting him. Um, would I love it? Sure. Um, but the the 2023 pick is is has a protection, so you have to release that protection just to even activate your 2025 and 2027 picks, which I don't know how valuable those are. They're not. And then <laughs> we're dangling like Tim Hardaway, maybe Jalen Brunson. And the expiring of James Lee Johnson. Brunson. Yeah. So, so it's nothing, nothing great as far as assets go. Um, so, you know, we are a Mavs podcast as well, so we're going to focus on the Mavs here. Um, but okay, give me give me one name, and we'll we'll kind of go back and forth. Okay, Jeremy Grant. Wow, I think okay. he's the best uh, player. I, I think he might him. be the best player you can realistically get. So do you, do you think Detroit gives him up just a few months into his contract? I mean. Th- they're trying to be the worst team in the league. Like I, I felt like the entire, my thing was, is that my take with that signing was they were trying to just get draft picks out of free agent spending. I mean, just straight up, they were trying to convert money into assets. Like that's all they were trying to do with that to me. And Jeremy Grant is the most improved player in the league. I think it's him or Chris Boucher. And if you could get, if you could get multiple picks, whether it's one pick this year and two and like one in the future and a second round in the future, that's a huge win. Uh, I don't know if the Mavs have the best offer for him, but I do think that if they're desperate enough, they just wanted to get something and they want an immediate return. They're in love with his draft class. Then maybe they, uh, they sell on Grant just to get rid of him. That would be a little bit generous. I think that's mm-hmm. wishful thinking, honestly, but I do think that there is an, there is a path where the Mavs could trade for him. Okay. Are you okay paying him? that massive contract as yep. your third guy. Yep. Yep. Okay. Okay. Well, that would be, I mean, that would be something. That would be something. <laughs> um, my first player is nowhere near that caliber. Wow. <laughs> um, so my first player is going to be George Hill. That's a good one. George Hill was um, good before he got hurt. Yeah, so so George Hill and and I don't know his whole health situation at this point. I just know he's played in 14 games. He's averaging 12 points a game, shooting 38 and a half percent from three. Um, you know, he shot 46 percent with Milwaukee the year before, and then he had that that really down year in 2019 uh, when he was with Cleveland. Um, and uh and milwaukee and then the four years preceding that 41 and a half percent 40 percent 41 percent um so obviously a good shooter good defender too especially as a perimeter player um and he's technically under contract for next year but it's only like like one and a quarter million is guaranteed um 
So you could definitely get out from under that contract if I'm understanding it correctly. If if you don't, if you wanted to cut him and move on and not pay the ten million dollars, um, but I just think as a a backup guard off the bench, um, you know, someone who can knock down open shots, which we've really been needing and we've kind of been seeing over the over this little winning streak that they've you know accumulated. Um, but I've always wanted George Hill on the Mavericks, like dating back to his Pacers days. So for me, this would be this would be a fun addition. So my question with him is you have to probably there's no way to do a one for one with him unless you unless it was Dwight Powell, uh, which I don't think is realistic. What would you throw as a as an offer? Like off the top of my head, Willie and Trey Burke, I think, does it. But and then you probably have to throw in a pick. They probably want something for him. You know, like, yeah, like even if it's a future second, like say it's a 2022 second round pick, would you do it? Yeah, I would I do it. Like would. And, and the Thunder are the pick lords. So yeah. <laughs> the, they are the pick lord. Um, so, yeah, I would be OK with something like that. Um, I do think George Hill would be a slight upgrade on Burke. And yep. I don't know. You get the playmaking. I mean, he's also yeah. a good playmaker. Yeah, true. So, anyway, that's that's my first name. So, what's your second name? Uh, Evan Fournier. I, I think his fit. Okay, he's on my list too. Yeah. It. I. I wanted. To, I. The more you once you said with Orlando and taking off of your church, I was like, eh. I was going to say Aaron Gordon. I don't think he gets traded. I. I just. Even though, like, they should. Because I think they're going to trade him around the draft. I don't think they trade him midseason. Uh, but that's a different story with Fournier. Obviously, if you're not, not familiar with this game, three-level score, pretty much does everything on offense. Some peop, some Magic fan, the book on him, it's Magic fans don't like him because he plays buddy ball with uh, Vucevic. It is what it is. Also, though, who else is he going to pass to? That's kind of how I look at it. He's an amazing spot-up shooter. Uh, I think he's been their only plus three-point shooter. Uh, like, literally the only shooter last year to shoot above league average. He's an expiring. He's 28 years old. Uh, I think they do it for... Honestly, if you do did James Johnson in a pick, I think it's enough. Really? Because he's also been fighting injuries this year, and I don't see him staying. He's not there. Front offices, the new front new ish front office didn't take him on. Uh, I just I don't think they have a major attachment. I think if they get a second round pick, they're happy. Just because, I mean, I don't think you get a first for him. Yeah. Well, I I had asked you about him a few weeks ago and you were saying, I just don't think it's a match. So what, what kind of changed your mind? Is it the fact that he is fighting injuries? Or yeah, it's the injuries. They're just it's, sick of him. It's the injuries and the team sucks. Like they're bottoming out. Like, and it's not that they suck. It's that they're injured. Like they're injured and they're terrible. Right. And, and for this, I feel like I, obviously there's no video on this podcast, but for you, Jared, I will pull it out. But I have, uh, if I knew where it was, if I prepared for this, I would have gotten my Evan Fournier jersey. I can't find it in the five seconds I've been talking. <laughs> but it will be a sad day. And actually, I did find it. I uh, It'll be a sad day when, when I when this has to go because I don't know if you can even see the Fournier on here. But Why would it have to go? I mean, it just comes irrelevant. Nobody's going to want to see a, a, you a mid-tier role player that, on a mid-tier. You oh, yeah. continue to wear that Trey Lyles jersey. <laughs> From Utah. Not even yeah. with Denver. So you want to talk anymore. about stuff that's irrelevant. That's true. That's true. I'm I'm the worst at this, but I, it would sadden <laughs> me to uh, to see him leave Orlando. 
Yeah, and he's a guy that I I think should be a target for for Dallas again. A someone who can be be a sharpshooter. Um, will obviously get even substantially better looks here in Dallas. Um, so that that's one that would excite me. Um, he he was probably the best player on my list to be honest yeah. with you. Um, him or this next guy. Um, which I guess I'll just get into my final player here. Um, I believe he's also on an expiring deal. It seems like he's been on an expiring deal for three years, so I don't really know. But it's Otto <laughs> Porter Jr. <laughs> I would. I, I, would I feel that. like I always hear like his contract could be expiring. There's an option, and I'm like, how many <laughs> options does this guy get? But uh, in 16 games this year, he's averaging a career low in minutes, uh, just over 23 minutes a game. Uh, but he's still shooting four and a half threes per game and hitting them in a 40% clip. Um, his his worst three-point shooting uh, season since 2017 was uh, when he shot 38.7% last year. Uh, otherwise, he's been over 40% every year since. Um and then obviously you also get some some defensive upside with him as well. Um, so what what would your thoughts be on Otto Porter Jr.? Yeah, I'd take him. Injury prone. Um, I don't think he actually costs much. I think you could do James Johnson. I mean, same thing that you do. I, I really do think James Johnson and matching salaries, but the only thing with the matching salaries they have to take on Dwight Powell. That is the hardest part. Um his defense has slipped a little bit. Shooting is obviously great. Right. And he's shown he's trying to score a little bit more than just just three point shooting. It's been like okay. Uh, I think he peaked in Washington for sure. But with the role he'd have in Dallas, it'd be great. And I mean, he's kind of one of those guys that fits with Carlisle being able to do that specialty role, high IQ, and just plays within himself. Uh, I don't really see games where he's just like you're like auto why are you taking the shot why are you doing something you know you're not saying that as a fan you're not just like oh my god like he doesn't make you like scratch your eyes right and obviously he's not the same player he was in washington or else he wouldn't be attainable but um yeah he, he's not the defender he used to be but even if he could be average and give you the okay. shooting that he's given the bulls and the wizards the past four years um, to me, it would be a really good addition. Um, so who's who's the last player you have? Well, let me ask something before I get to the last one. Would you trade because this would do it, and there would be just matching expirings? Would you trade Tim Hardaway and James Johnson for him? I would not. Yeah, I would not because I think I think Hardaway's really gotten into a rhythm again. Where last year it was moving him to the starting lineup, this year it's taking him out. Um. So I don't know if we just need to kind of go back and forth with him, but I, I think you need that that tertiary score, the guy who's going to, you know, just say, I'm a microwave, time for me to heat up and and take over when Luca's on the bench, KP's yep. on the bench, or, or someone's just having an off night. So yeah, I, to me, Otto Porter for, for Hardaway does not make you a better team. Maybe I'm wrong. But I, I don't see it. No, that's a tricky one. I My belief is that I don't think Hardaway is going to keep this up at all. Like, I think he's going to have another hard regression just because the numbers are just so absurd. It really worries me. Um, I'd almost sell high on him just so you don't have to deal with the regression. Uh, like, obviously, if this deal happened 
like in two weeks or something, I'd be on, I'd probably be okay with it. But just because that's only because I don't think the Mavs can afford to deal with the Hardaway regression at this rate. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I, I think it'll be a roller coaster all year just because he's not the most consistent player. But just the only thing that, that sucks with Hardaway is when he is regressing, he doesn't stop shooting. No, it's, a, um, it's nonstop. Right, and, which is a blessing and a curse. Um, and it can be really tough when you're trying to win games and you know Hardaway can't hit the broad side of a barn and he's you know just pulling up three seconds into the shot clock but I I think those are fewer and far between than you know his 15 to 20 point outings yeah that's fair I yeah it's it's a he's a hot he's a what's the word he's a polarizing guy on maps twitter so or among maps fans really so I get it yeah yeah so I might get roasted for that one but whatever. <laughs> no I think my takes a lot hotter you don't you don't have to worry it's me that does and and I'm going to double down on getting uh, roasted because this got me uh, exiled for a minute on Mavs Twitter for the third guy I'm about to say but um, I'm going to preface it with describing him so he's a rim protector expiring uh, really good pick and roll low usage uh, pretty good IQ it doesn't really swing one way or the other for me but uh, Cody Zeller I think he's a guy that he does everything you want the big man to do for the Mavs right now. Like everything that you're looking for and Willie to do, I think Cody Zeller brings it just better, more consistently. I mean, he doesn't miss dunks like, like Willie, uh, which is, which is a big thing. Uh, but no, I mean, I, I think James Johnson for him would be a massive upgrade. You get a key rotation player, a guy who would be one of the better six men, big man, uh, big men, or you just get a starter starter next to Porzingis. I don't know where he fits on that. Uh, but he does make Porzingis' job just a lot easier on both ends. And honestly, Luca in the pick and roll. Yeah. Um, I, I know you've been talking about Zeller for a little while now. I'd be fine with that. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think most of those guys that we named are, are fairly attainable. Um, I do want to talk about a name that is not attainable via trade, but could be on the restricted free agent market, depending on what happens with John Collins. Um, but obviously he's torched the Mavs this season. And I think he would be a phenomenal fit next to Porzingis where, you know, Porzingis is more of your pick and pop, you know, rim protector kind of guy. And John Collins is a fantastic roller to the basket. Um, you know, we, we saw kind of the high low game with him and Capella. Um, you know, I think we could kind of see some, some similar situations and I w I would absolutely max out John Collins, yep. uh, this summer if yeah, I, if I, I'm Dallas, I would, I would not trade for him. Um, even though I don't think they could get him and, and that's, that's the main thing. I wouldn't sacrifice assets when it seems like Atlanta is content with like not paying the max, which is stupid to me. I think he's a perfect. I, I don't player, get it, but, but yeah, let them. If be I'm Atlanta, I'm just trying to unload Gallinari instead. Yeah, I don't know if you can. I, but... Man, I remember right before the draft when we were talking about that, and I was so mad that the Mavs would have gotten Gallinari. Like, even if Josh Green hasn't done anything yet, I'd still rather have him. Like, I just that was a bad deal. I I don't know why they signed him. It was that. Well, did they give him four years or was it three? Let me look. That's a great question. It was probably three with an option because that's just, or it was, there was probably an option involved. Because um, I remember being like anything over two years would three. scare me. It was, it okay. was three years, 19, 20 million each year. 
Okay. That's what I thought. Excuse me. Um, okay, so any any other names you want to talk about, or should we move on to this coming weekend slash week of college basketball? Uh, no, I'm ready to talk about uh, college basketball. John Collins is the only other thing I had. Okay, so you went ahead and looked at the schedule already. You did the dirty work. So <laughs> what games do I need to be looking out for? Yeah, so there's a few. This is uh, all through. So obviously we do our stuff usually Friday to Friday, obviously, since we both had stuff going on. Uh, we didn't do anything for the last couple of weeks, so we're just going to jump ahead. Uh, but so there's a few games. Auburn's on here twice just because Sharif Cooper's must-watch TV. <laughs> uh, and I believe this is in chronological order. I think the first like six games are all tomorrow. Uh, so there's Indiana at Ohio State. I think that's a big one. Indiana with Trace Jackson Davis is someone who I've kept an eye on. A, he's a project who I could definitely see the Mavs targeting if they keep the pick. Uh, and Ohio State just continues to ramp through, roll through the Big Ten, even if they really don't have any major prospects. Uh, although, remember the name EJ Liddell. I'm big on him. Um, and then Auburn versus Kentucky, even, again, even if Kentucky isn't Kentucky, Sharif Cooper's must-watch TV, and he's going to probably do something crazy. Uh, and then also on Saturday, just because hometown bias, Texas and TCU, Greg Brown versus Mike Miles. They were teammates in AAU. Um, so that'll be interesting to watch. And then Villanova versus Creighton is another one I pegged. Uh, I don't know if you saw Jeremiah Robinson Earl had a career game. He went 10 of 11 for 27 points. Uh, so I was very happy. And have you seen Marcus Zagorowski on Creighton? I have not. He's uh, Grant Riller White. So I, uh, I like him. And then I think this is the last Saturday game, Virginia versus Florida State. It's just, I mean, Trey Murphy on Virginia and Florida State has uh, Scotty Barnes, who like is Barnes healthy at this point? I think so. I haven't seen if he's going to play. That is a that is a huge question mark. I will remove that if he's not. Uh, and then the other ones is just throughout the week. I think this is these are Tuesday and Wednesday games. There are three two SEC games and uh, excuse me three SEC games in Pac twelve. Florida Arkansas so Scotty Lewis versus Moses Moody will be a big one. Uh, South Carolina versus Tennessee, Keyshawn Bryant versus Jaden Springer. Uh, they'll probably match up at some point. And then Mississippi State, Auburn, uh, Sharif Cooper again. He goes against a higher quality guard in Iverson Molinar. And then Arizona State, USC, because anytime Evan Mobley's on the floor with Josh Christopher is must watch uh, just for entertainment. So Marcus Bagley, too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I just meant one, one to one, but yeah, he's held. Uh, he didn't play last night, though, so I don't know. Okay. So yeah, a lot of lot of good slates, especially if you can catch a Pac-12 game before before dark. That's always physically impossible. Yeah. <laughs> Pac-12 so <after> dark. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Back to when it's light again. It's after dark. Yeah. Um, okay, awesome. Uh, I, I did want to just quickly touch on. Uh, you mentioned Jaden Springer, who you know we talked about with uh, with Brandon a couple weeks ago, who. You know, he's had a couple huge games since Brandon told us why he's such a good prospect. <laughs> he had like 23 points and then followed it up with a 30-point game. And um, so we we may have, you know, just been hitting the, the Jaden Springer breakout tour. I, but, but we'll see. We'll see. I like to think that we triggered it. For sure. There's no other explanation. <laughs> um. What else? Anything else that you want to talk about today? 
Uh, this week was really, really kind of boring for college basketball. I don't know if you felt the same way. There were just nothing. I, I didn't out. really watch much. Yeah, because it was boring. No, uh, the only good, <laughs> the only thing is uh, Gonzaga only won won by eleven on Monday. That was the pretty news. We or the uh, story only eleven. Okay. Who do you, let's uh, just to place bets. Who do you think loses first, them or Baylor? I feel like it's an easy question, but still, I think Baylor because they don't play in the um, West Coast Conference. <laughs> yeah, I I think Gonzaga. If they lose, they're only losing one game, and it's in the tournament. Yep. Yep. No, that's and frankly, I'm not sure they lose. No, that is that. I mean, I stand by. I think that's the most stacked team I've seen in my life. Um, I think that beats Kentucky from 2012. I never thought I'd see a better team. That's close. A friend of the show, Frankie, um, he bet on Gonzaga to run the table, and I forget the odds he got on it, but they were they were pretty good. I think it was like plus 600 or something. Well, I uh, might pull so up. Uh, I think he's feeling pretty good right now. <laughs> dang. Yeah, no, that's. I just, we I talked about it the other day. I just don't have the, the odds in front of me that he was able to get. It's just, imagine like the only the way, only way I see them losing is in the title game, maybe final four. Um, and, and I think that's such a bold statement, but like nothing hints at them regressing. Even if like Corey Kispert forgets how to shoot, that's like a bonus for them at this point. Like they just have so many weapons. I've. They have eight NBA guys. Like that's just not, not yeah, fair. They're they're too good. They're <laughs> too good. And there's they're really fun to watch too, just like as an added bonus. Um so I, I guess the only other thing that's noteworthy is I went semi viral last yeah. weekend. <laughs> yeah, with the haiku. That is that is one of the <laughs> that is one of the greatest nicknames I think I've ever seen. Like that was <laughs> for, that was for those that for those that are not aware and we're not part of the roughly 1500 people to notice me uh, i said um, at the time draymond green was averaging like 5.7 assists and five boards and i said well if he's averaging 575 why don't we just call him the haiku and to me i, I was like that's the most creative thing i've ever done i'm retiring from life like i'm i've peaked <laughs> i peaked no that that you should have i hope you plugged something like i don't know if you have an only fans or something i hope you plugged whatever it is. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, i couldn't say that with a straight face looking at you i uh <laughs> i hope you plugged something though i hope, hope you plugged something good like literally i should have plugged our podcast i don't know man, why i did it you missed out maybe i'll go back and do that. Fame. yeah can you go like i know man i need hey to hey guys tweets. <laughs> yeah think of some creative tweets uh repost you know we'll retweet get it going and then uh, i think that was a once in a lifetime i'm not a funny individual so <laughs> well on that note on that note um bit of a shorter podcast today but it was still fun so Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, if you listen on Apple Podcasts, please give us a nice rating and review. It would help us out. Tell your friends about us. Um, and I think that's about it. So we'll talk to you guys next time.